A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people, sharing uplifting news stories, and delivering tips and tricks to bring balance to your lives. Hello, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest this week is Caroline Penny. My God, I love this woman. Uh, She's a parenting specialist and family therapist. She's the great-granddaughter of Sigmund Freud. So when it comes to human behaviour, this is a pretty strong pedigree we're talking about. So, um, Caroline has written a, a new book. It's out now. It's called The Parenting Toolkit. And God knows I need this book in my life. Um, there, there, there's stuff in this book that I still use to this day with our eldest. Um, so, there's, the book is crammed with lots of great take-away advice. If you're a parent who's at the end of their tether or a parent who's just in need of a bit of help or a nudge or a steer in the right direction, I cannot recommend The Parenting Toolkit enough. It's also very good, I would say, if you're a manager of people. I'm not saying, if you're if you're a boss at work, I'm not saying that your team are children, but this book will help you learn about different personality types and things like that. So, so what I'm saying is, if you're not a parent, there's still a lot in this chat for you to uh, enjoy. I, I loved Caroline. I thought she was wonderful. No good news this week because it's quite late on a Sunday night and this will go out at five to six tomorrow morning and so here is the wonderful Caroline Penny. Very rare that I get to say to an author thank you very much for the gifts that you've given me because having read the book um, I, I'm hoping <laughs> I'm praying that I'm a, I'm a better parent for it and I think that you can probably strap in for very similar feedback did it feel like a special book when you were putting it together well it, it did feel like a special book and i'm absolutely thrilled to pieces <laughs> that you've enjoyed it and that you're finding it useful that's so wonderful i'm absolutely thrilled and it did feel like a very special book because it felt that i'm putting together about 30 years of sort of experience i've had teaching parenting and reading about parenting and so it feels like it's a special book that can be really, really helpful. Am I right in thinking as well that this is the sort of book where you don't necessarily have to be a parent to enjoy the book? What I mean by that is I felt I felt richer for having read it in terms of interacting with my fellow humans rather than just trying to plead with a four-year-old to eat some vegetables. <laughs> yeah, you're quite right. I mean, the skills are terribly transferable to everything. Because it's about having, you know, good quality relationships with everybody, not just with your children, but also like, you know, with your partner, with your colleagues, yeah. etc. Well, some of the tips that you that uh, are in the book, I'm getting honestly, I'm not joking. I'm getting emotional thinking about it because I had such a str- I had such a visceral relationship with this with this book and uh, the my. <laughs> My friends, my family, they must have wondered what on earth... You know, I'd had some sort of episode because 
I'd be sending WhatsApps, I'd be sending emails, I'd be sending my wife messages. Oh, we, I mean, we've got, we've got to follow this. Um, and I, I, I touched on it earlier before the recording. I yeah. felt with certain bits of the book that you had written it... <laughs> As if you'd written it just for me. I did actually, you know. <laughs> but it, it, I'm worried. I'm worried as to how much uh, the book, <laughs> the book resonated with me. Uh, what I would say to any parent, or indeed anyone who wants to find out more about, I guess, coping better in life, what the book is packed with is lots of takeaway tips and advice. I mean, each page is rich with advice and tips and and. <laughs> The the knock on effect is that I, I now think I am Yoda from the Star Wars films, armed with all these tricks and tips that I hope will work with my children. Um, what has the has the feedback been similar? Have you, have you had similar outpourings of emotion? I take it. Well, I've had lots of people giving me lots of very positive feedback bet, about yeah. how it's really sort of transformed things for them. Yes, you know? and like just some of the very sort of simple things like. Like child-led play, for instance. Oh, my gosh. And how, you know, how when they do child-led play, and just like 10 minutes a day, how suddenly they've got a much happier child and they feel that they've got a much better relationship with that child. And so that's incredibly satisfying. The, uh, one thing that really jumped out there was the it was the 10 minutes thing. And the, yes. the, the number of times I, read, I would read something in the book and out loud would say, oh, of course, because I think... Certainly what I'm guilty of is if I think I'm playing with the kids that I'm in this thing for uh, maybe I'll put in 30 or 40 minutes of consecutive play. And then when I read that about the 10 minutes and the, it's more of a bite-sized thing because they've got to be engaged as well. It's it's um, it's really – it has genuinely changed my approach to how I interact yes. with the kids. Yeah. I mean, I think the interesting thing about child-led play is that you really let the child – take the lead and you follow the child's lead and you don't make any suggestions you don't try and ask questions you don't interpret at all and so you know the child feels really witnessed and it's an incredibly powerful so validating experience for the child so it's a yeah so although it's only 10 minutes it's incredibly powerful and the impact that 10 minutes has can be quite profound i imagine yeah yeah and I also say to parents that, you know, do it however obnoxious the child's been. You know, you don't take it away. You, it's, yeah. it's a certainty. And then the child, it stops children being kind of going on and on, on. You want mummy, daddy, daddy, I want you, I want you, I want you. Because they know they're going to have that special time with you. And, you know, and then they feel really that, you know, they're loved and witnessed, sure. as I said. Uh, there was another section where uh, I just, copied and pasted it and sent it to every person that I've ever met and it was the different it was the yeah. different styles of parenting so I have to yeah. I, I put my pen down and hold both hands in the air um, yeah. it's passive parenting isn't it where yes. you let them get away with everything and you yeah. give into their every yes. whim yeah, so yeah. what I'm guilty of is because I'm so desperate for my children to love me yes that I will I'm, I'm such a pushover yeah if they scream for something long enough I will give in and yeah. so my cheeks flushed with shame and recognition as I, as I could could you say a little bit for the what I do what I do think is that a lot of people will be listening to this and will already be uh where can I get it from what we you know yes, how can I get yes. this book into my life um yeah. but could you just say a little bit for the for, for the the listener about the different types of parent because that section of the book I personally feel will resonate very strongly yes, yeah well, there's, kind of, there's like four main types yeah. of parenting style. 
And we've all got a little bit of each of them, really. So they say... <laughs> I, I, I wish... I... <laughs> I wish I had one of the other three, one of the other four, I can promise you. OK, OK. There's the very kind of aggressive or authoritarian, or, 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 um, authoritarian kind of parenting style yeah. where you just say, you do what I say and you do it. No questions asked, asked you know, you just do it and I want you to do it now. Yeah. So that's the very sort of aggressive form. Then, like you said, there's the very kind of permissive or permissive. passive. yeah. And that is just, you know, anything for quiet life, really. And and you just sort of, like, give in all the time. And, I mean, and it can be quite something like, you know, if you're having a low self-esteem day, for instance... Every day. And your child, and your child kind of wants something, wants something, you know, sometimes it's quite hard to kind of say no because they're going to say, you know, I hate you, you're the worst daddy or the worst sure. mummy in the world. So that can be quite hard. So that's the very... Yeah, you know, the passive one. And actually, that's very hard for a child because actually ch- children do want boundaries. Of course. They actually feel safer I, with boundaries. I, absolutely. And, you know, they'll push you, but actually they do want the boundaries, you know, and they're happier if they have the boundaries. And then, as, as you say in the book, yeah, the the negative ramifications for being that kind of parent yeah. can, can really impact the child, say, at school, can't yeah. it? Yeah, because then if the child doesn't know about boundaries, they're not going to be so good at sharing, you know, they're not going to be so good at making friends because they haven't really learnt those skills about thinking about, you know, what other people might be feeling or that sometimes they yeah. can't do what they want all the time. So in the short term, I think, oh, gosh, I've been such a great dad by giving her this ice lolly. But in actual yeah. fact, no, it's... In the long yeah. term, it's 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 much yeah. more serious it's, than that. Yeah, isn't it? it's it's kind of making a rod for your own back as well. Story of my life, right there. Because <laughs> <laughs> they'll keep on doing it all the I know, time. I know. You know, I they'll know. ask. You know, that if they know that you're going to give in. Yeah, which I actually, will. it's a very it's a very strong reinforcement schedule. Actually, if you give yeah. in every now and then. Yeah. Then you're right. You're you know, right. So they'll keep on asking. You know. So try to know what your boundaries are. And it doesn't actually matter what your boundaries are. Every family is going to be different, you know, and so it doesn't, there's no right or wrong. But just having some boundaries is important because then the child's going to feel safe. You know, not too tight. Absolutely. And not too kind of wide. Of course. But so that they feel secure. And then what, what was the third one, sorry? And the third one is the manipulative or the passive-aggressive. Yes, and that's kind of very kind of like fuse, confusing for a child when it's kind of like, um, you know, you know, I've got a terrible headache now. You know, why don't you go to bed? You know, you're giving me a headache. I don't know. You know, why can't you just do what I tell you? So it's kind of like doing an overlay Absolutely. of kind of blame. Mm. And and so the child doesn't quite know where they stand, really, you know. Um, you know, now I've got to go to bed, I've got to take another aspirin. Oh, God, why? You know, if it hadn't been for you, I could have been a famous actress or, you know, it's sure. just, it's it's those kind of really sort of twisted or really unclear statements. And that, I mean, that gets into a whole other territory for the child, doesn't it? Because the, yeah. the, the feeling of, of guilt and, and shame and, and, yeah. and, and blame and so on. Yeah. Again, you might think that, Oh, they, they, they're just a kid, but oh my gosh, the knock-on effects of that can be heartbreaking, can't it? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. They can always be not quite sure what they feel. Oh my gosh, it's confused. Whereas the assertive one is the one that's the one that we kind of want to aim for, sure. where you actually say clearly what you want and what you expect, and then the children very often do actually go with it. I mean, you might have to help them get there, 
But I don't want to get everybody to feel kind of like, oh, no. my God, I'm a disaster. I think, and we're all different. I, I kind of often get parents to do like a pie diagram. Sure. And they say, well, you know, sometimes they're assertive, sometimes they're aggressive, sometimes they're passive. Just to say, well, look, let's try and get a bit more assertiveness in there. I must say, please know, yeah. not once did I think, oh, I'm a, I'm a disaster. What One of the things I loved about the book was that it it, it made me feel better. It, yeah. it uh I, I felt that I was being very helpfully guided to how I can improve it in that regard. But yet, because the book is is so packed with so much information and so much advice and so many tips and so many exercises, yeah. I came away I came away feeling richer for the experience rather than demoralised. Because I mean, as you can probably tell, I'm I'm not a I'm not an arrogant guy or anything <laughs> like that. But I do feel that I am a, I do feel passionate yeah. about being a good dad. Yeah. But I also do know what my shortcomings are, and yeah. and and I think it's no bad thing to to read in your book the things that I needed to read because I want to be the best dad that I can be, and I, and I felt yeah. that your book was was excellent uh, as, as my sent items in my email will uh, <laughs> will attest. Yeah, but that's really interesting because. The book is really, it is based on lots of really good theories, like which parenting is based on like attachment theory and the neuroscience of the brain and family therapy and social learning theory and all that. But you don't actually have to know all those different theories. And this is a way of kind of like condensing it so it's accessible to all parents. Yeah. Because nearly I think all parents want to be the best parent they can be. And the issue is that often if you've not had the best parenting yourself or you just haven't been around children... That you know, how can you expect it to know it all? Absolutely. You know? So it's just a way of kind of like getting all that information out there, so that people have got it at their fingertips, really. Because a lot for, and I, I think I can. I mean, I should only really speak for myself, but if I can speak on behalf of parents, a lot of the stuff it's not it's not like there's anyone there to really tell you how it's done, you know. Yeah. That, and so to read a book like this, it, for me, it felt like such a an education in the in the best. Yeah way possible um there's one thing in the book that you say it's important to remember to be mindful of and keep an eye on the things that you enjoy doing um can you say a bit about that because again it's very easy to let your kids take over your life isn't it and you to end up living exclusively for the kid i mean i went on we went on holiday recently and i when I'm with my kids on holiday, I feel like a, a royal bodyguard. You know, I'm, I'm always lurking like three yards behind. Don't touch that. Put that down. You can't do that. Yeah, um, yeah. But can you, can you say a bit, a, bit, a bit about that? Because I think a lot of parents probably do lose sight of re- yeah. remembering to go for a meal with their partner or go to the yeah. movies or you yeah. know, go to the gym and so on. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's such an important point because, you know, parenting isn't your only identity. And Absolutely. you've got, you know, you've got other identities. And you want to be a good parent. But the thing is, if you just spend all your time just worrying about the children, doing stuff for the children, you actually start to kind of, you go, um, it's like your cup goes dry. You haven't got enough stuff to give to your children so that you've got nothing left over. You know, it's like you don't have a full cup any longer, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you've got to do stuff that you enjoyed before. So whether it's, you know, going out for a meal with your partner whether it's going to the gym, whether it's trying to go for a quick run, whether it's trying to eat some foods that you enjoy as well. Just doing stuff that you enjoy actually makes you a better parent and so that you've got stuff left to give to the children when they really need you. And also you can't completely lose your identity in just parenting. Because then, 
you know, then it's too much of a burden for the children, actually, as they get older. And then you yourself can get frazzled, can't you? Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. And you stop looking after yourself. Yeah. And then you can get really angry and, you know, your life can get very, very narrow. So trying to, you know, trying to kind of keep... I mean, I know it's difficult because when you're a parent, you've got so many time pressures. But just trying to do something for yourself every day is really, really important. Uh, another part of the book that was incredibly helpful was, as well was the the use of labels. Because that's yeah. that's a very it is very easy to you know I've I've nephews and, and so on it is very easy to to say things like uh, the cheeky one or yeah. the you know the, the 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 happy one or the moody one and so on yeah. but that that can have an impact as well can't yeah. it yeah 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 I mean then so like it can really constrain a child because they feel okay I've always got to be happy now or I've always got to be helpful and you know sometimes they might not want to be helpful. <laughs> And sometimes it'd be quite helpful maybe for them not to be helpful. You know, they want to do their own project or whatever it is. And so labels can really constrain a child. I mean, particularly the naughty one, you know, that's, you know, if they've got that label when they're two, often that can go follow them right through school. Absolutely. Um, and so you have to be careful with labels because they can become like self-fulfilling prophecies. And, you know, you know, like in schools, you really see kids who've been labelled as being really disruptive and, you know, that sticks to them like a jam jar, you know, and they're, and they're going to be disruptive all the way through. So trying to kind of like, you know, describe the behaviour as opposed to actually labelling the child, which is a little bit more, you've got to use your brain a little bit more to think what exactly it is that's upsetting you about your child. But to label them, you know, you're, they're just going to... They're just going to fulfil that prophecy, and, and the language is vital as well, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's um, avoiding using uh, "don't" and, and "not." So yeah. the temptation might be to say something like, "Whatever you do, don't pick up that glass of water." Yeah. And what you're actually doing there is putting into their head the thought of touching yeah. the glass of water, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've got a really sorry, funny story about that. I was going for a walk with my sister and there was a there was a little stream, not a very big stream. And my sister said to me, you know, don't fall in the stream. And I just jumped straight into the stream. Absolutely. Because, just the, the, because I think often like the don't gets lost and the rest of the sentence becomes a really strong command. So when you say, you know, don't be naughty, you're trying to think, oh gosh, I'm going to be naughty. Or say, you know, you know, don't, you know, don't drop the, don't drop the milk, you know, they drop the milk. So... The don't is a really, a really you know useless word to have. You want to give a command, but even even at my age, yeah, um, when people have said whatever you do, yeah. don't mention X Y Z, and then before I know it, it's coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I know. So let alone you know some poor four year old. It's it's ridiculous, isn't it? I know. If I see a sign saying "Don't walk on the grass," I don't know. Oh, I've got such a compulsion I mean, to walk on, on the grass. Please, what are you, you doing know? to me? <laughs> Uh, or something. Yeah. May I ask now? Your and you know the listener may or may not know your, your ancestry is. Yes. I mean, it's pretty special, isn't it? I mean, that must yes. be. Uh, you must feel incredibly proud to be part yes. of that, of that yeah. family. Yeah. No, I am. I'm very proud to be like Sigmund Freud's great granddaughter and Anna Freud's great niece, <laughs> because you know, and I think that has actually fueled my fascination with kind of thinking about, you know, how people work, what's going on. So it has been a real, I don't know, source of inspiration, really. Yeah, and that's such a beautiful thing. And yes. I, know, I, don't, I, I can't think of many people I've met 
who have pursued something that their ancestors had, had yeah. pursued uh, as yeah. well. So um, certainly not a great grandfather. I yes. mean, th- that must be a source of um, real warmth as well, I, I imagine. Well, it's very, I didn't mean to. I started off studying marine biology. Sure. So it, yeah. was, it was an accident. Well, uh, but I was kind of like pulled to it. So it's quite weird. I didn't really want to, you know, be in this field at the beginning anyway. Yeah. But then I just was so much more interested in families and what makes people tick and children and parents. So I got pulled to it. And, you know, this is where I am now. This is where I've been for the last 30 years. So it was it was just a really strong pull. Absolutely. How, may I ask, how does that pull manifest itself? Because I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but I think that's quite a common thing where maybe a mother or a father does something for a living and the child will try do something different yet the, the it's almost like a bungee cord yeah it's almost too strong isn't it in some, yeah. in some instances yeah yeah well i think i just realized that actually well i wasn't interested in fish really any longer sure. and i just wanted to um and i was much more interested in people and and i'm like even now i'm fascinated by people and i'm fascinated by families and you know i can read anything about families and the brain etc and it always yeah, it delights me. Did, did I detect some... Is there some... Now, again, as our regulars will know, there's barely a self-help or personal development book that I've not read. If you ever see me with my massive <laughs> headphones on walking down the street, guarantee I've got something spinning like that. Did, okay. Do I detect some NLP in the book? Well, only as a... Not, not particularly as a... Was yeah, it intentional? Thing. Right, yes. okay. But I think a lot of it is a sort of similar strands around, you know, what you're thinking and your thoughts and how they can influence, you know, the sort of like the CBT kind of stuff, yeah, or absolutely. cognitive behaviour therapy, how that can influence how your behaviour is, like your feelings and your thoughts. So there's a little bit of it, but it's more so incidental than... Um, then you, you sat know, down and gone, yeah, I've no, got to put some NLP yeah, into yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because for me, yeah. it was as someone who is who I think is naturally wired to overthink and worry. And yeah. uh, we had Chloe Brotheridge on, uh, who's written about anxiety, and it's that what if thinking. Oh, if, yeah. if that happens, then that happens, and that. And then before yeah. you know it, you sat in your armchair, racked with anxiety <laughs> over a thing that hasn't even happened. And so, a thing, a thing I've had to work on a great deal is the language that I use yes. and the thoughts that I have in my head. Yes. And it was, I thought it was. It was really powerful to read yeah. that in this sort of book. Yes. Uh, yes. And I felt if in any way I can help my kids not make the mistakes I'd made in, in that yes. regard, I mean, that, that, that can be a, a good thing, can't it? Oh, absolutely. And like the, the, like the chapter on communication yes. like, and how you communicate with all people, not just your children. It's, it's so important. I mean, I always think that people need to do, I don't know, like a doctorate in communication really to keep their relationships going because... You know, relationships all need a lot of work. Yeah. And they don't just happen, you know, you've, and you've got to have the skills to make relationships work. And often, often we don't, we haven't actually learnt those skills, like acknowledging feelings, like stating what your needs are, about being clear. Often people haven't got those skills or don't know them, and they make an enormous number of assumptions about what other people are thinking or about. And, and they also maybe haven't learned how to sort of regulate their own feelings all that well. And so, therefore, they might get angry or get very stressed out yeah. and actually spoil their most their closest relationships. 
So actually work to thinking about how you communicate and what you say it's, it's, it's really so important. Big, it? It's really big, yeah, yeah. Is this, I may be wrong here, is this our, I frequently am, is this our Britishness catching up with us in that we, our, we, our stiff upper lip can be so stiff that we, we're just not always brilliant at conveying not only how we're feeling but why we're feeling it as well? Yeah, it, it could be, yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of like not the done thing to kind of like talk about feelings or, you know, it's a bit sort of wussy to kind of say, you know, I'm feeling really sad because, you know, this happened or that happened. You know, so I think, you know, I think it's getting a little bit better. But I think, you know, often in Britain we are not really all that emotionally literate. And it starts with very young children as well. Absolutely. I mean, it starts with... I've been looking after my grandchildren this morning and it starts with just when they're very little, just saying, you know, and just putting into words what you think they might be feeling so they get to understand what they, you know, what's going on for them, you know. You know, I'm really, I know you're really cross because, you know, you wanted to walk home that way and we're having to walk the quicker way and it's really annoying, isn't it, because you really love going that other way and passing the silver birch tree. Sure. But we've got to go this way. And just because you're putting it into words... They can process it, and then they're going to be much better as they get older at being able to sort of regulate their own feelings. And, then, and again, a, a, a big thing to take away from the book was um, your child isn't telepathic. Um, um, yeah. It's very important. You know, if you see it from a child's point of view, I'm telling you this like you didn't write the book. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you... <laughs> That's okay. That's okay, James. I'm so sorry. But if you're if you're a, if you're a child yeah. and you see your yes. your mom or dad or, or yeah. grandparent or whoever it might be, and they're shouting at you or they've they've lost their temper or they've they've lost control, if you're not telling them why you're feeling that way, yeah, it's so. It, I mean, my heart is breaking for this yes. scenario, yeah, yeah. but it's hard for them to know what's going on, and that's yes. that's really crucial, isn't it? To yeah. you can't just say I am cross. You you yes. you might have to say I am sad because X Y and Z. Yes. That, that's that's yeah. vital, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, I think that that statement, you know, when you I feel because, how can you help me with this? Is so powerful. I mean, I've got one example in the book, which is my daughter. Yeah. I, I asked if I could I could use this example, and she said that was fine, Mum. But anyway, and that was, <laughs> um, and that is like you know when she was about three, and we were going down to the park, and I said, um, and she was running on ahead, and I had some other kids there, and I was worried that she was going to go too far. I couldn't keep my hands on both loads of kids, so I said to her, you know, when you run ahead, I feel really worried mm. because. I've got to keep your kids all together. You know, how can you help me with this big problem? And she stopped and she thought about it for a long time, well, not that long, a couple of seconds. Yeah. And she said, I know what, Mum, I'll put my shoes on the other boot. So then she took her right boot off and put it on her left boot and the left boot on the right boot. And they said, now I can walk slower. But, I mean, it, it you know, it yeah. was a kind of, it's a real way of teaching problem solving and you know, before I before I'd sort of done this parenting course long yonks ago, I would have just screamed and shouted, you know, stop and whatever, and we would have had a, you know, a confrontation. But it's it's such a better way of managing conflict and actually telling kids what you what you what you're feeling, yeah, and what and they can then make a difference. And one example is another one, you know, with a kid, the mother was making curtains, and. 
and then she came down the next day and the girl had cut out little boxes in the curtains so there were sort of holes in the curtains that she just made and the mum was absolutely furious. Yeah. But the the, girl, the little girl was actually just trying to make curtains for her little house. So it's always important to think about what the intention is and That's that right. nobody's telepathic and that That's children right. aren't telepathic. So like if you tell a child, you know, you know, when you leave the room in a, your bedroom in a complete mess, I feel really upset because I'm worried that the rats are going to come or the mice will come. You know, how can you help me with this? You know, then they'll then they they've got a they can they can change it. Yeah. Which if you just scream at them, they can't. Now, if if there's one chapter of any book I've ever read, it would be chapter nine, it, yeah. it, types of discipline with, with children. Yes. So I know we've already touched on it in, in, in other areas. Yeah. Again, that that's a tricky one, isn't it? Because, I mean, for you know, the, the old school, if you think of parents in the... Maybe even up to the 80s, yeah. it was to rant and rave. It was to even you know, raise yeah. a child. Yeah. Um, can you say a little bit about that? Because I know that a lot of parents, you know, anecdotally, you know, a lot of my friends are, are parents. Yeah. The the big stumbling block for a lot is disciplining and and how to get it right. It's yeah. it's really tricky, isn't it? It's very tricky, and it's all right for me to say have boundaries, but you've got to know how to implement the boundaries, yeah. and that's where the discipline bit comes in. And I think, but I think you first of all have to think about the positive discipline. Because that can be yeah. really effective. And so that's things like, you know, if you do the 10-minute play every day or maybe three times a week, you're going to get a really strong attachment in your, with your child and they're going to want to behave because they want you to, you know, to really like you. Yeah. But then there's the um, the praise, you know, doing descriptive praise because children love praise. Right. And if you can describe, you know, you know, gosh, you've brushed your teeth really, really carefully... I can see they're looking all lovely and bright and yeah. white. I mean, that is really a good praise. And if you praise a child for something, they often will do a lot more of it. So praise can be really effective as a positive um, discipline method. Then another positive dis- method is to kind of think about, you know, what is their need behind the behaviour? Because behaviour doesn't just come out of nowhere. It's kind of like, you know, why why are they behaving? Sure. You know, why did they hit your, their little sister or their... Yeah. You know, what, what was going on for them? Did they Were they feeling that they didn't get enough attention or what was it? So think of having that in the back of your mind. But then, like, stickers, for instance, like for a, for a you know, a three-year-old or four-year-old, love stickers. Absolutely. So if they get a sticker because they put their bowl in the washing machine, in the, in the, in the, in the sink, yeah, yeah. that is really, you know, they're going to do it more often. Yeah. So love skidding stickers. As they get a little bit older, having like star charts and having a star chart, that's for something which is very, very specific, like, you know, playing well together for half an hour between 4 and 4.30. And they'll get a sticker for that or for, um, I don't know, for any kind of issue that you might got, having, you know, putting your coat on when you go outside. They can, you know, fill in, you get a sticker or you could do a picture and they can fill in a bit of the picture or something like that. So star charts or rewards can be very, very, very positive. No, I'm I'm yes. smiling because yes. yeah. there is a star chart example in the book. And okay. again, when I said earlier about you'd written it for me, uh, a, a problem we have, I'm not going to pretend that it's a friend of mine, it's me. Yeah, okay. The problem we have is our four-year-old simply will not stay 
in her own bed. Now, yes. we've heard it all from everyone. Oh, you want to yes. nip that in the bud? Yes, we yes. are aware that we need to nip that yes. in the bud. Um, do I take it we need to get the star chart back out? Because this is yes. this is every night without question. Okay, okay yeah, get... I mean, and you have to be very specific. Is it that she goes into the bed, but then she comes out of the bed and goes into your bed, or she? she, or will, she... We'll put her to bed at say seven. She's she's four years old. Yeah. Try get her in there for about seven. She's up in our room. You can more or less set your clock half past twelve. Okay. Up, up there every night, half twelve okay. in our bed. Okay. And, and guess who ends up in the spare room? It's, okay. But put it this way, it's not mum. Okay. Okay. Well, I think okay. So then she's going to have you in a star chart for staying in your own bed all night. Yeah. So, and you're going to you've got to do it so that you're going to be very successful. So you might do the first one. You've stayed in bed for two hours. Fantastic. Then the next oh, day, really? you stayed in bed for three hours. Fantastic. You stayed in bed for four hours. Fantastic. So you you kind of like you model it so that she's going to be, you build it up so that she can be successful and so she feels really excited. And she makes the start up with you so she can, she's got lots of stickers on it or, you know, do her own drawings. Yeah. So so she's got real ownership of it all. So you make sure that she's successful all the time because it might be a very big leap to do it all night from nowhere or from being in your bed at 12.30. So, you know... You're right, it's too big a leap to suddenly think that she's going to go from doing it every night to never doing it again. Yeah. So you're trying to sort of slowly model it until... Or to mould it until she's there all night. And it's it's really common, isn't it, as well? Oh, it's incredibly common. It's incredibly common. And then nobody gets a good night's sleep. And it's no. not good for you and your wife either no, no, being no. separated. It's oh, not God, good. No. So it's not being flat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not good for her either. You know, no, she no, wants no. to be sleeping in her bed. So, you know, a star chart could be really, really effective. Uh, another thing was that, you know, she's going to get another star when she wakes up in her bed. She's going to get another star. Hang on, I have to write this down. I need to order more stars from Amazon. <laughs> star- <laughs> well, you can do what I used to do when I worked as a mental health worker, child mental health specialist in a Shawstock area, I'd make lovely stickers, like, you know, with postage, um, you know, mail merge, you can get pictures of beds or pictures of whatever with clip art. And I used to do a whole reams of kind of like um, mail merge kind of labels sure. with pictures of beds. So you'd get a picture of bed, you know, so if they stayed in bed all yeah, night. Yeah, right, OK, that's So nice. you can do that instead of a sticker. Do, do you... Um, it's a very general question... Mental health and schools and children has been in the news a, a, a fair bit in, in, yeah. in recent months. Yeah. Do, do, do you think the overall mental health of children is it is it improving? Is it is it getting worse? Are there things we can do better? What have you, what have you seen in in your experience? Yeah. I know the yeah. government, uh, when uh, Theresa May was prime minister, had tried to uh, bring proposals in to try and improve things at a primary school yeah. level. Um, I, I just wondered, as an expert, what, what you might think in that regard? Well, just from my kind of like working in the field, it somehow seems to have got a lot worse somehow that children seem to be a lot more anxious than they felt before. I mean, I think particularly girls as well, you know, and I don't quite know the reasons. I think maybe there's a lot more stress on families now than ever before. I think, you know, social media has a bit of a role to playing it. Maybe there's... You know, that especially for girls, because so much of like bullying is around relationships and you can do that yeah. on the Internet. Um, it's a lot more. I think the world is a lot more complicated now than certainly when I was young. Sure. So I think 
And they, I mean, I know the government has put a lot of money into schools now and they're trying to kind of like get more resources into, you know, into child and adolescent mental health services, but it's, it's, it doesn't ever seem to be enough somehow. I mean, I think if, I think the parenting groups are really fantastic. And I did work before I worked for a fantastic project, which was called like Empowering Parents, Empowering Communities. And that was lots of parenting groups which they run. So, you know, if you could get on a parenting group with them, that would be fantastic because that could give everybody the skills um, to know how to be the kind of a parent they want to be. But also, um, I don't know, maybe parents are more isolated than they used to be. They don't have so many networks. Families have moved around a lot more than Absolutely. before. So you don't have mothers and no. aunties and people around you that you used to have. You know, like it takes a whole village to bring up a child and I really believe that I you know that. I lo- I love it's that. a lovely I, saying I think isn't it so, much, yeah. <laughs> so true but it's true though isn't it yeah oh god absolutely yeah uh, and until you, t- you touched on it there uh, it does feel like and something that we've written about in the magazine is that it does feel like more parents are more not because of the children but because of work they're more frazzled than ever the hours that people work and then yeah. the nature of of work i mean yeah. dolly parton saying about nine to five i mean yeah. it, christ almighty we all yeah. wish we worked nine to five it, yes. it, it, you know it doesn't happen so yeah it, this my interpretation is that it seems like people are working harder harder than ever longer yeah. hours than ever more intensely yeah. than ever and then if you're yeah. if you're adding children into the mix um, there is going to be a breaking point, I suppose, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, I think it's, you know, if you've got two people with, you know, big jobs, which very often you do. Absolutely. And then you've got children in the mix and sometimes you've got elderly parents. Um, it's an awful lot for a, a family to cope with, actually. And sometimes you just can't do it all. I mean, sometimes maybe we want to do it all, but sometimes one can't do it all. And it's trying to think. And, you know, and it can put a lot of pressure on the on the on the um, parental couple as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know they're trying to hold it all together, and the list can seem endless. You know, before they even get to you know play with their child, they can think I've got to do this, 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 and it's it's not it's not easy. And that, I mean to bring it back to the thing we touched on at the very start. Um, I, I mean to, to to wrap up perhaps. Yeah. It's important with your partner to not to not let the children dominate every conversation that the two of you ever have as well isn't it yes. you've got to remember that you are a, a couple yes. rather than just the parents of the of the kids yeah absolutely and so you've got to make sure that you know you enjoy each other as a couple as yeah. well and you go out you know so you go out together once a fortnight or whatever it is you know have a date night yes but also for couples another thing that's really important is that you've all got your own family script or your family pattern that you've got from generations and generations back. And they might be a bit different from each other. Like in one, like the mother might have that, you know, in her family of origin, the father does all the work, does all the, makes all the money, makes all the financial decisions, is, you know, very good at doing what DIY. But maybe in the the father's, the father's family of origin... Yeah. It's the mother That's who right. yeah, makes sure. the mind, does the DIY, etc. And so they've got to sort of sort out between them how they want to be as a couple. It's a way of finding that dovetail, isn't it? Yeah. Of that, yeah. of get, making that Venn diagram yeah. <laughs> work in the yeah. in the best way possible. Um, 
as you can probably tell, I could yeah. I could chat with you nonstop for the for the next three years, whether you like it or not, my friend. Um, That'd be great. <laughs> but uh, what I would say is, you know, yes. if if thankfully for any frazzled parents or anyone in need of uh, an arm around the shoulder, there is, there is a new book out called The Parenting Toolkit, and uh, thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much. It's been a joy. Bless you. That was a blast. Thank you so much. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Huge thanks to Caroline uh, for, for her time. Her enthusiasm, her spirit really shone through. A very, very likeable person. I hope our paths cross again. Um, as ever, if you want to drop me an email, we are podcast at balance.media. And for sales to advertise, that is sales at balance.media. Huge thanks as always. Uh, always very grateful. If, you wanna, if you've enjoyed it, share it. Five star reviews, awesome. If you've not enjoyed it, you know, just keep those thoughts to yourself. Uh, have a great week, uh, and I'll see you soon. I've been James Gill. Bye bye.